Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, bed crimers. As always, I wish you the best. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out my channel. Let me just ask that after listening to or watching this video, if you learned something or enjoyed it, please do me a favor and smash that like button. Now, let's dig in. Doomsday mom, Lori Vallow Daybell, will most likely be spending the rest of her life at the Pocatello Women's Correctional Center in Pocatello, Idaho. I say this because victim J.J. Vallow's grandfather, Larry Woodcock, said to Lori through reporters, the party's over, you're going to Pocatello. And based on the severity of her rap sheet, having been found guilty on all six charges last Friday, Lori will likely find herself in the maximum security section of the Pocatello Correctional Center. Whether she will require a cell isolated from the other inmates remains to be seen. She is a high-profile prisoner who's been convicted of doing in her two innocent children, Generally, inmates don't cotton to people who hurt kids, and the convict ends up being a pariah. And no one wants to bunk with or dine with that inmate. At the Pocatello Correctional Center, Lori's going to have to wear a prison uniform every day. And since she's likely going to be sentenced to life in prison, she probably will never, ever wear anything other than a prison uniform for the rest of her life. Think about that for a second. No more Lululemon leggings. No more cute tank tops to show off her sculpted arms. No more turquoise bikini and designer sunglasses. I don't know about you guys, but that would bum me out in a big way. But that's the least of Lori's problems, right? She also get this, won't be able to color her hair. Inmates at the Pocatello Center are not allowed to color their hair, so Lori can say goodbye to her shiny yellow blonde locks. From here on out, it's going to be dark roots that will one day probably fade to gray. I would imagine this is going to be emotionally painful for her since her appearance and beauty were very important to her. In my mind, Lori's main superpower all these years was her beauty. That's what got her into the Mrs. Texas beauty pageant, onto Wheel of Fortune, and proposed to five times. We also know from Lori's cousin, Megan Connor, that looks were considered very important in the Cox family home. Maybe being forced to age in prison without the assistance of hair color, Botox, fillers, and plastic surgery is the worst punishment that could be doled out to Lori Vallow Daybell. Does she even have an identity beyond her bombshell beauty queen self? She's only mother to Colby at this point, and he didn't show up in court to stand behind her when the verdict was read. It's hard to say how he feels about her at this point. She is still Chad's wife, but many believe he's going to throw her under the bus to save his own hide when he goes to trial and probably faces the death penalty. I guess she can still fantasize about being a goddess and a leader of the chosen 144,000. Yes, now that I think about it, maybe a prison cell won't phase her because she can still live in fantasy land. 
she can still live in that world manufactured in her head. During her initial intake at the Pocatello Correctional Center, Lori will be asked her religious leanings. If she says the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, she won't be alone. According to an article in Desiree News, 45% of the inmates there identify as LDS. The facility also has a chapel, which is said to be in constant use. It turns out religion is very popular at the Pocatello Correctional Center. That doesn't necessarily mean that the inmates are highly religious. According to that same article, some inmates' religious dedication is sketchy at best. These ladies turn up for religious gatherings, primarily for the treats that are served, the songs that are sung, and mostly just get out of their cells for a little while. This is what you call jailhouse religion. But it sounds like Lori won't be allowed into the chapel because of her maximum security status. Too bad for Lori because other inmates have said that that chapel is one of the only places at the prison where they can find any peace and quiet. Lori may, however, have religious volunteers come to her cell to pray with her. Another change for Lori will be that at Pocatello, she will only be allowed to send 24 greeting cards a year. Yes, that's a rule there. I wonder if all 24 of those cards will go to Chad Daybell at his nearby prison. Oh, wait a minute. He hasn't been tried. Sorry, but I'm confident that Chad's fate will mirror that of Lori's. Or maybe even be worse, allegedly. Maybe Lori will send a card or two to her son, Colby Ryan, and maybe her mother, Janice, and her sister, Summer Shiflet. although Chad did deem Summer dark on his random light and dark scale. I'm pretty sure Lori won't be sending any to Charles Vallow's two sons, since she pretty much burned all her bridges with them when she, one, allegedly conspired to take their dad's life, Two, only texted them after Charles died, failing to call them and explain exactly what happened to their dad. Three, sent them cheap wristwatches when they asked for their father's precious collection of fine watches. Where did the watches go, Lori? Once inside Pocatello, Lori will be evaluated medically and psychologically. That should be interesting. Once inside her cell, she will have zero privacy, unless she gets protection from the guards because she has a target on her back. Most prisoners at Pocatello have no privacy. They dress, shower, and use the bathroom in the company of their fellow inmates. So if Lori needs to poop, she's gonna have to do it on a toilet that can be seen by guards and other inmates. I'm telling you that if I found myself, God forbid, in that situation, I would end up so constipated. I can't even tinkle if someone's watching me. Lori will also be expected to make her bump every day and to keep her cell neat. She'll have to buy any snacks she wants from the canteen, provided she has money in her account to pay for them. Will anyone in her family send her money? Hard to say. She may be able to get a job in the prison, but those positions tend to pay very little. According to the prisonpolicy.org website, inmates in Idaho prisons 
can make as little as $0.10 cents an hour and as much as $0.90 cents an hour. And according to the Vera Institute of Justice, a group that advocates for fair conditions in prisons, in the United States, the average hourly wage for prisoners is $0.25 cents an hour. And I'm pretty sure the snacks in the canteen are going to be marked up. I doubt that they're subsidized, you know what I mean? I doubt the prices are going to be low. Lori will also eat every day at the same appointed hours. If she's not in her own cell and isolated, she'll have to eat with other inmates in the chow hall, where you have to eat fairly quickly. It's all very regimented. And when she's in her cell, she will need to be prepared to have her person and the cell searched at any time. The guards don't schedule these events, so the inmates just have to go with the flow. But if Lori is housed with the other inmates in the medium security section of the prison, which I somehow doubt will happen, she will find herself with up to 50 other inmates, and then she'll be sleeping on a military-style bunk bed and she'll have her own small metal locker in which to store her belongings. Think orange is the new black. But again, I doubt she'll be in a medium security area because of the nature of her crimes. She's considered among the worst of the worst prisoners. What's more likely to happen is that she will find herself in an isolated cell, possibly near the one female prisoner on death row in Idaho, a 64-year-old lady named Robin Rowe. Lori actually has a lot in common with Robin Rowe. Rowe is incarcerated at the Pocatello Women's Correctional Center, and she was convicted of doing in her husband and two young children after setting the family home on fire in February of 1992 in order to collect money from, you guessed it, their life insurance policies. Sound familiar? Both Roe's husband and two kids died in that fire. Roe conveniently wasn't staying with her husband and kids on that particular night. Instead, she was staying with a friend. The judge in her case handed her the death sentence, making her just the second woman in Idaho history to receive that penalty. By the way, Roe had two previous children to the two who died in the fire, and each of those other two kids also died under suspicious circumstances. The first was a 15-month-old daughter who died in New Hampshire in 1977. At the time, the toddler was said to have died from sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS, but court records indicate that instead, Roe very likely did this little girl in. Roe also had a six-year-old son who died in Northern California in a cabin fire in 1980. Roe collected nearly $30,000 in life insurance money on a policy she had opened on that son just a month prior to his death. And according to court records, it's also very likely she did in this six-year-old as well, although she was never prosecuted for the deaths of either of these two previous children. What a nice lady. I'm sure Lori will enjoy afternoon tea with this other evil monster. 
I wonder if they'll become friends, like besties. Maybe Robin Rowe will replace Melanie Gibb. Rowe's attorneys have been appealing her case ever since, and it's been 31 years now. Her current appeal argues that she had ineffective legal counsel because evidence of brain damage was never introduced during sentencing. Rowe was described by witness Gary Rainey, a retired Ada County sheriff who was an arson investigator in 1992 when Rowe's two-story duplex burned down. He described her as incredibly smart, very manipulative, and a psychopath. I don't know that Lori Vallow is incredibly smart, but it's clear that she's very manipulative and probably a psychopath as well. After all, Lori pretty much showed zero emotion in court when J.J. and Tylee's deaths were being discussed. Only once did she ask to leave the courtroom when she supposedly found the graphic photos of her children's remains too gruesome to endure. I know talking about someone being a possible psychopath is tricky, especially when you're not a psychiatrist, but according to an article on the National Library of Medicine's website, the core personality features associated with psychopathy are callous and unemotional personality traits, which include a lack of empathy or remorse, weak social bonds, an uncaring nature, and shallow emotional responding. Lori Vallow Daybell certainly appears to have all these core personality features based on what we saw of her in court, based on how she behaved when her kids were missing, and based on the crimes she's now been found guilty of. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories, did you find this interesting? If so, smash that like button, subscribe to my channel, and consider a membership.